Friday night. Rowdy, it was two drives from Jordan Love, and I must say the guy looked, albeit not many of the Bengals starters playing, he looked pretty good. Good morning, brother. Yeah, How are we I doing? saw the word poise being thrown around quite a bit uh, on Friday night during the Green Bay Packers Cincinnati Bengals game from Jordan Love. Lots yeah. of poise. Yeah, I even saw some people uh, putting pictures of Jordan Love or videos of Jordan Love up on social media saying, who does this look like? As they were insinuating, he looked like Aaron Rodgers out there running the Matt LaFleur offense. Well, if he looked like Aaron Rodgers running the Matt LaFleur offense, I thought Aaron Rodgers always was changing the Matt LaFleur offense and did whatever he wanted to do. But I don't know. The Jordan Love wasn't much. He did that sick touchdown pass to Romeo Dobbs. Uh, did a couple of missed throws, not many, but you know he wasn't on the field much. Overall, though, I think all things considered, preseason game number one, Jordan Love left a good taste in your mouth. Yes? Yeah, I mean, did you expect a whole lot? I mean, what, he had two series? Went out there, and I thought he looked decently well. But again, you mentioned it when you first started uh, talking about it. Cincinnati didn't play that many starters. Oh, they did. Cincinnati is a team that everyone knows who is a top-five team in the NFL, a team that is one of the favorites to win the Super Super Bowl. Super Bowl aspirations. Their quarterback, Joe Burrow, has a calf injury, so we knew he wasn't going to play. But yes, overall, Cincinnati was not playing all their starters or playing to win. I mean, you can just look at their box score and figure that one out. But the fact that Jordan Love did look as good as he did, whether that be against uh, twos or maybe some ones, at least it's a good thing. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's the best thing you can possibly want. It's it's better than him playing bad against twos. I don't know how much it actually means anything when it comes to the season upcoming because again, <laughs> he played mostly against backups, but he looked good. Exactly, it's better to look good against backups better than bad. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like people, like, I was uh, um, at a wedding on Friday, so d- this is how I watched the game. We were at a wedding. It was, the reception was at, or the ceremony was at 4.30. And then the, I think the ceremony lasted about 10 minutes. We went down for the reception. Everyone's getting ready. And so me and a couple other fellows, we sat around this little table after we hit up open bar. And we turned our phones on because the two of us had Hulu. So we both had the Packers streaming on Hulu. And we watched at the wedding reception. And everyone was, like, pleasantly surprised and gave some claps to Jordan Love. And one guy said, okay, well, it's not against any of their starters. And I said, well, would you rather have them look like crap against the starters? Like, I, I don't know else what you want from Jordan Love besides the did what he did. What, he had one missed throw to, to Musgrave, I think. Outside of that, Jordan Love. Yeah, that was a bad, that was a bad miss. <laughs> it was. But he had also made up for some good throws. I, I don't know what else anyone wanted from him. Yeah, that deep ball that he put right there, that was in the perfect spot. Just unfortunately, the defender on Cincinnati, the safety, made a really nice play and knocked it away. But that deep ball was basically right where you wanted it to be. And then, yeah, the one that comes to mind was Musgrove over the middle on, what was that, third down? Yeah. Wide open. Missed him. I mean, Jordan loves seven to ten passes. I mean, seven to ten passes, 46 yards, and that nine-yard tutty uh, to Romeo Dobbs. And Jordan Love just said after the game, I think the passing game was in stride. And See, I would, I think I would if, if that was Jordan Love's season where you would have a, a ball that was, you know, 40 yards down the field that was right, right where it needed to be but knocked away, 
and then making all of the basic throws that he needed to make and then missing the occasional one over the middle. Yeah. I think most Packer fans would take that type of season from Jordan Love. Yeah. And we've seen that from Jordan Love too a, a lot in training camp and uh, before that OTAs it was a lot of well he's made good throws and he made some bad throws. You know, it's been an up and down you know, so far the campaign of Jordan Love this go around, but when he played against players that weren't the Green Bay Packers, I got to think, and I got to say, he looked pretty good. So, again, I take it with a grain of salt because, as what Rowdy and I were just saying, it is the you know backups of the Cincinnati Bengals, and I hearken back to days when, I don't know, a guy named Brett Hundley was a dynamo. Brett Hundley looked better in preseason than Jordan Love looked better in preseason so far. So that's, that's why I keep it with a grain of salt because I always think about Brett Hundley. You can't get too high. You can get too low in preseason, I think. Uh, you can't get too high, though. Because if you start getting too low in preseason, that's not good at all because you're playing against twos and threes and guys that aren't even going to be in the roster eventually here once cutdowns happen. But overall, I mean, it felt good to have football on TV that was wearing green and gold, and I had a decent time watching it. We'll get into Sean Clifford and the rest of the offense, but right away, Rowdy, I mean, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised of how entertaining preseason game number was, all things considered. Yeah, and I think uh, we got to see a little bit of the young wide receivers, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, you had multiple young guys making big plays, whether that be with blocks down the field or, you know, bigger catches that were needed on, like, longer downs. Overall, this is how I had my viewing experience. First half was all business, sitting there on the couch watching it pretty intently. Second half... Let's get on the treadmill. Let's get some miles in. Is that what and you're doing? Yeah, we will watch the second <laughs> half with all of the guys that are maybe streamers to make the team. I was curious to to wonder what you're doing for that game. Um, I, I Rowdy, I was like, I could feel your presence because I was in Stoughton, and every once in a while, well, look, when we are in the reception of the the, the Laja Ray, whatever the hell that place is called. Uh, there was a window when I looked to my left. I would see the whatever bar across the street, and I was like, man. Too bad Rowdy and I couldn't be uh, sitting on some bar stools at the whatever bar watching the Green Bay Packers. It was, it was a shame. It was a, just it was, just barely missed the opportunity. <laughs> I, I unfortunately couldn't leave the uh, the wedding. My wife was in it, and then Rowdy. I don't think he wanted to get out of the the couch uh, working on the Astro. The the whatever bar just mm, mm, it, it was calling my name, but not loud enough. Unfortunately, I didn't uh, I didn't get to go over there though, Rowdy. Am I missing anything over there? I don't think so. <laughs> No, but I'm like looking at some of the one, uh, younger wide receivers. I know it's unfortunate that Tyler Davis probably tore his ACL. That's what it seems like all the reports are. Uh, he's done. Um, that stinks because that, that was he's your second, right? most senior laden guy at the tight end position, and you already have two drafted rookies. Yeah, and so I now think he's listed second on the depth chart. Yeah, unofficial depth chart. Tyler DeGuara is now your Josiah. or just Tyler. Uh, Tyler Davis being out, Josiah DeGuara is now like your only senior laden guy. I mean, Austin, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, the, the, the tight end out of Austin Allen. I couldn't think of his last name. Tight end out of Nebraska yeah. who has been around now for, I think this would be his third year, second or third year. Guy has hardly played. Like that's a practice squad guy. Like, I don't even know who that guy is. No, he was he was he was a decent tight end out of Nebraska. Like the at name least, sounds really, but I can't picture him. Two to three years ago, I just can't picture him. But again, that that is like that guy coming into the season had the third most NFL 
experience. Yeah. It's a good thing the Packers draft the two tight ends, I guess, though. Which, yeah, and obviously, <laughs> Luce Musgrave came in there and, you know, had a catch, was wide open the other time. Tucker Craft had a catch, though, be it not for very yeah. big. But both guys had catches. That's a big hit to your tight end team. And it's not even like Tyler Davis is some, like, huge, great player. No, yeah. But it's the at least the experience that he had being a guy that had been in the NFL for three, four years. Yeah. like. And when you look at this team, there's not much experience at all on this team. No, but most of the young wide receivers, obviously, Romeo Dobbs didn't play very long, but look at a couple of the catches he had. Yeah, Christian Watson obviously wasn't in there very long because those are probably the two most uh, known guys or known talents on the team. But I thought Wicks looked pretty good. Yeah, Malik Heath looked pretty good. Yeah, dude. Samari Toure had a few catches. Jaden Reed looks like he might have something to him. Everyone on that, um, you know, some of the new guys had some really good catches and some good passes from Jordan Love. And then I know there was two interceptions, uh, including a pick six of Sean Clifford. Put this out there. Clifford put some dimes in too. Bo Melton, my guy, Bo Melton, me and Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> that little, the little side wager, the if then this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to brag about him, but he did have some nice uh, kick coverage. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, speaking of kick, kick kickers. Uh. Anders Carlson missing two extra yeah, points. That, that's, that, it wasn't like, oh. That's not good. They were like, not not a chance missed. I thought uh, one of the guys actually that looked really, really good on defense, and it's not just because he had a pick, but Carrington Valentine. Yeah. Uh, the guy out of Kentucky, the cornerback, he was right out there with the first team. Now, I know, I know the Bengals didn't play Jamar Chase or T. Higgins and obviously Joe Burrow. They didn't go with their ones, but he was out there for snap one on defense. Uh The dude made three really good plays, including two knockdowns, uh, the interception, and also had pretty tight coverage pretty much the entire time he was in there. He was probably my biggest star on defense that I would have handed out. Yeah, no, I totally. The the Packers, everything. Oh, I guess Keyshawn Nixon looked pretty good, but he was out there for like one or two yeah, series. Yeah, well, I was thinking about this for like the, like the mainstays. Aaron Jones got the first catch of the game, uh, what, to the right side of the field? And he was, like, out. Yeah, I literally said to the people I was watching with, like, all right, let's just take Aaron Jones out now. We don't we don't really need him. A.J. Dillon had, like, one big rumbling carry. Like, all right, can we just take him out? We don't really need to see him. Um, you know, it's it's, it's the some of the mainstays of this Packers offense, which are not many. You saw him for a flash. It's like, all right, let's just let's just go ahead. I was and surprised Alex Magoo didn't get any run. I mean, he did technically play, but uh, it was all handoffs. Yeah, it was. I wanted to see him kind of sling the rock a little bit. Sean, hey, Sean Clifford, the pick six was hilarious, and then the interception. You know, whatever. The dude actually had a couple of really good throws. Yeah, but. For anybody that's ever watched Sean Clifford, that is Sean Clifford. Yeah, he's Sean, ups and downs. Sean Clifford is a guy with a ton of talent, and he's pretty athletic. Which, yeah. if you looked at he's, him, you probably would. Yeah, you probably wouldn't necessarily guess it. But that's exactly what he was at Penn State. He was at Penn State for like six years, <laughs> and I think he started for at least five of them. Yeah. But that was the thing. The guy would make really, really good throws. And obviously at Penn State, he would have some top-end talent, that wide receiver and even running back, because we've seen some of those top-end Big Ten teams like Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan turn out a lot of NFL talent. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there was a lot of talent at Penn State. 
he would make really good throws like that. that. Thus why Penn State has been like the third best team in the Big Ten for the longest time now. And then what do you do? Throw like a pick six? Or that's, a, that's the thing. <laughs> and then it would be just a huge boneheaded turnover. Like why the F are you throwing yeah. that? Or like the most inopportune fumble or throwing into triple coverage pick. And I think we saw a little bit of, we saw the highs of Sean Clifford and we saw the lows. Yeah. And that's, that was the exact player that he was at Penn state. And some of the highs he had, he had some darts and some lasers in there. But then again, there was a pick six and then there was interception. Like, if, like, oh, okay. if, if Sean Clifford didn't have that Brett Favre gunslinger, I'm going to fit it into this two inch crack and he didn't have all those turnovers, and he won more games at Penn State. Yeah. I mean, it's not that the guy doesn't have the talent to actually be a decent quarterback. Like, this is a guy who was drafted in the fifth round, probably could have went undrafted, but at the same time, if he wasn't that type of player and stayed away from all the turnovers, he's probably like a third-round pick. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's clearly something to him, but I just thought it was kind of funny with a lot of the people that were like, Ooing and awing over Sean Clifford, who was doing it against the twos and threes. That I'm like, dude, that's the guy that I watched at Penn State. <laughs> like, like he looked really good against Ohio State. He would just have you know a couple big turnovers, and then that's why Ohio State would win a close game against Penn State. We're like, hey man, we've seen this for I don't know, like his entire collegiate career at Penn State. Now I wouldn't lie with how well he actually did come in and play against NFLers. We'll see if he gets any more run against uh, you know more two, ones and twos sure. instead of twos, threes, and fours. But that's a guy that if you were in a pinch, that's a guy with talent where he could maybe win you a game because he is talented. Now, he could lose you a lot of games, but remember some of the backups that they had when Aaron Rodgers would hurt his collarbone? Uh, yeah. Those guys couldn't win you games. No. Those guys you would just try not to lose as many games with. Sean Clifford had the talent coming out of Penn State to win games, but he also has the ability to lose a lot of games. Yeah, after seeing Sean Clifford, I thought to myself, well, if there is an up, uh, 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 sadly a chance that Jordan Love maybe gets hurt, I thought Sean Clifford made me a little more at ease than before he played the game. I was like, all right, maybe this guy can move the ball down the field sometimes. So, and then but if he's we got to see yeah. Alex Magoo. Yeah, I want to see Magoo so bad. So I'm imagining because Danny Etling done. Yeah, he, Danny Etling was on the door on family night. Remember when uh, Danny Etling stole the show, uh, one of those preseason games last year, where he came in and whipped the ball all around and then had those long runs, <laughs> and people were like Danny Etling, yeah, this guy's guy. got something. He could be. We need to keep him. Yeah. Well, they did on the practice squad, but now. <laughs> Just a year later, after capturing the hearts and minds of a lot of uh, Green Bay Packer preseason fans, he's now gone, but we didn't get to see Alex Magoo. Yeah, Hopefully again. game two. Danny Etling cut after family night as his uh, family was there, was there. Yeah, game two. We got the Patriots coming in uh, middle of the week, and then it's preseason game number two against the Patriots at Lambeau Field. One thing that I did think was a little bit concerning now, Cincinnati did play a few ones. I know they had a linebacker out there that was a, a bigger part of their defense last year, but it wasn't for very long. Yeah. Uh, Packers did not run the football very well. Yeah. I know you had AJ Dillon had one really good carry, but when it was AJ Dillon and obviously Aaron Jones didn't have an attempt, but he had the pass and was basically done. Yeah. Patrick Taylor got a lot of run and Patrick Taylor has kind of been like that third, fourth running back the last two, three years. 
He had one. Was he, he had one okay run of thirteen? But, but it wasn't like it was Patrick Taylor was so bad at running the football. Like he missed a hole or he fumbled or there was nowhere to run. Yeah, like there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of places to run. And I I get it. The Emmanuel Wilson has a nice stat line: six carries, one hundred eleven yards, and two touchdowns. But that was in the second half yeah. with with like a bunch of Probably guys that won't be in the NFL. Yeah, a bunch of the end of the bench or fringe NFL players playing. But when it was more of your starters and or ones and twos out there, <laughs> Patrick Taylor didn't have much much space no, to run. Really Same didn't. with Tyler Goodson. <sighs> and obviously, as Badger fans, we saw Tyler Goodson with Iowa. He's a guy that. He can get you three yards every time. He will get you at least what is blocked and fall forward. Yeah, those two guys. Right after Dylan had that one good run, there wasn't many uh, yards to pick up because there wasn't a whole lot of holes there. That was that was a little bit concerning with the <laughs> the offensive line. Now I get it. The offensive line wasn't out there a hundred percent. David Bakhtiari wasn't going to play. <gasps> no, I don't think that there's anything wrong with his knee. We already know that it's not a hundred percent and it will never be a hundred percent again. That's just called being a precautionary take for a, a lineman over the age of yeah, 30 with a bad knee. David Bakhtiari being Bakhtiari. Yeah. And obviously the line wasn't a hundred percent out there all the time, but yeah, it was a little, a little bit of a pause when the second teamers i guess couldn't get anything going on the ground <laughs> but we had football and it felt so good on friday to see it and the packers after all preseason games i do believe have the most points scored rowdy in the nfl well how about this i think the takeaway for Let's the goal the biggest positive from the green bay we have to be front and center quarterback right yes. jordan love looked decent yeah he had that one bad miss to musgrave over the middle which would have moved the chains. Which no one's perfect besides you and I. But other than that, I would have said thumbs up from Jordan Love. At least if he was going to play against a few ones and mostly twos, it was going to go good. I would say my biggest negative, my biggest uh, thumbs down, it's not uh, the offensive line, even though I said that was a little uh, concerning. It wasn't uh, the defense necessarily, because I thought there were some guys that flashed on defense. It was definitely the kicking. I was just going to say, can I guess? Anders Carlson. Yeah, those extra points were brutal. Dude, Mason Crosby is on a boat somewhere kicking field go- or kicking the ball off of the boat. Packers, go call him. Please. I'm nervous about Anders Carlson. Nervous. The Milwaukee Brewers. Now, Rob Manford visited American Family Field. What was that, like two months ago? When Manford was out there talking about, you know, discussing the need to improve the quality facilities here at AmFam Field. He's like, he went and uh, checked it out, and he's like, yeah, this is a good, this is a great facility. But we just got to revamp a couple things. Uh, and then they kind of hung over the head of Brewer fans of a relocation. That was like two months ago. Yeah, yeah and basically it was like tongue-in-cheek. I hope they make the right decision. This is a great place for baseball. Like you said, some renovations and some revamping. This is a great place for baseball. Yeah, So, and then we talked about it a little bit. And like, and This is when the Oakland A's hadn't officially been like, you know, Going to Las Vegas, but we knew it was going to happen. It was everything was set in motion. Then they put Mark Antanasio as the head of the crew to help them move to relocate uh, the A's. Yeah, and we were like, okay, that's a little strange, right? 
That's bizarre. So American Family Field, publicly owned by, you know, state agency, and therefore the upkeep is publicly provided, which means there does have to have some public pressure when it comes time to upkeep and update the facilities. So it seems to be the year for it in Milwaukee and Wisconsin with respect to the Brewers that the team wants to ensure that legislation is passed. Mm-hmm. Well, what, it was uh, Evers and uh, the... Le- Evers put it in his budget. Yep. And then the state Senate said... No, we are not approving your budget. No, not happening. But they're like, we're going to look back into yeah. it again. But no, they said they had another plan. Yeah, but then they recessed. But that, then they recessed. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and say, at the time, did not have a plan. Yeah. Let it go to recess. Hopefully, you get back, come up with something, and put it in the state budget. Now, they did. I think it was was it was it DeVos saying that yeah we we want to get this done. We're yeah. going to work on it. Yep. Yada yada yada. And you know how off they went. I think it was more just a matter of like they didn't like all MLB the MLB and the Brewers wanting it done now. Yeah, and I, I think uh, the right was talking about how we didn't like all these certain funds being allocated here from right. the surplus and yeah. yada yada yada. So I mean, it's politics. What do they always do? They just bicker, 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 say one thing and then never do anything. Well, I mean, that's a politician. It's the same kind of thing that if you look at what happened when the Bucks were like, we need a new arena. Yeah. And, like, all the people on the surface were saying, no, you don't. Bradley Center's fine, even though everybody knew the Bradley Center was not fine. Um, And when it came down to it, what did the people who were still saying, yeah, your arena's fine, what did they do? They all voted to build a new arena. Yeah. Now, yeah. You, at, at this point in time, having seen what Oakland's going through, what, you saw Seattle lose a basketball team too. What you see, uh, I mean, there's Canadian teams that lost hockey. Hell, like, you've seen teams move in the middle of the night out of nowhere to go places. Right. That was like years you, ago. You, as a politician, have to know, like, no matter what the fan base says, even those ones who are like, sports don't matter, they do. Economically, yeah. they do. And you need to whatever you want to call this handcuffing and there's the people who are like, yeah, you know what? It's, it's a burden to the state. Well, you took that on. Yeah. Now here's the thing about politics. Most politicians lie through the mouse is a, all politicians lie through their teeth. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> they get up on the podium, especially during a, you know, a campaign year. And they tell you all these sweet stories of how this is going to happen and that's going to happen and they're going to do this and they're going to go change that and we're going to do it and we're going to be out there and we're going to go to Wisconsin and we're going to go to Maryland and we're going to Washington. Yeah! And then what happens? Everything they said they were going to do and really never comes yeah! to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, that, he lost. Yeah, but. that just means you don't get votes because <laughs> you're insane. <laughs> well, from the report from the Milwaukee uh, Journal Sentinel, Here's a little little blurb. The Milwaukee Brewers could start looking for a new home this fall if state and local officials fail to reach an agreement by the end on taxpayer-funded package to fund improvements to American Family Field required in the team's lease with the state, sources say. Yeah, it's required. Yeah. Again, they will start looking for a new home this fall, and fall's coming up pretty soon, boys. Right. Looking for a new home this fall if state and local officials fail to reach an agreement. If like if it ends up happening, it's not the brewer's fault. The stadium district 
and the state already made a a pact with them of, hey, we're going to make sure you have some of the best facilities in the majors. Yeah, so no, no deal in place yet, what we were just talking about. Can I just say the one thing about the stadium I still I can't believe happened is when, Water we're, ta- hot dogs for when we're talking about Miller Park at the time, now American Family Field, the fact that 20-ish years later, the way to fix a lot of your infrastructure and your HVAC and stuff like that, <laughs> the parts are no longer being made. It's obsolete. It's obsolete. And you have to go to eBay and other third-party <laughs> sites to find the stuff to fix it unless you go with a brand-new, revamped, <laughs> state-of-the-art, like, up-to-date system. Which costs way lots of money. What I'm saying is, why didn't you go with like the stuff? Because there are there have been older stadiums that are still running that were built before American Family Field, which I'm not talking like Wrigley or Fenway. I'm talking about other stadiums that were built before it that are still in use. We'll say like 10 years before like Camden Yards. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's still being able to be updated. Why did you use the cheapest parts possible when yeah. you built it? Here's what I okay because if they didn't, they probably wouldn't be in this situation, and you wouldn't have to be scouring eBay. So these effing uh, those these three AC units, which apparently two are down and one's like on its last leg, and if it goes, you'd be sweltering in there. Well, there's a lot of parks that don't need the AC unit. Well, let me ask you this, boys. <laughs> uh, maybe. I know there's a lot of people out there. Remember your grandparents' fridge in the garage? It was like oh, yeah, it was like it a G, it was like a General Electric from like the 40s or 50s. Yeah, and that thing is still running and it's still ice cold in that refrigerator. Like yeah. it's it's a tank. It's never been stopped. They don't build stuff that way. Anymore. And then you get a fridge now, and after like eight to ten years. <sighs> You're like, oh, sorry. You're gonna have to buy a new one. Oh, it doesn't keep cold anymore. Oh, sorry. Oh, it's, it's malfunctioning. Oh, sorry. sorry. That's just how we make them now. You're gonna have to uh, buy a new one. Why the hell did you invest in some kind of just some badass old school American AC unit that still runs like a beast, like right. your grandfather's fridge that's in his garage still that keeps beer <laughs> ice cold? I don't get it. Oh yeah, I know these are like 15 to 20 years old. We don't have the parts anymore. Like, I- I don't know this for a fact, but it feels like if you would have done it the right way with stuff that could have been updated when you did it the first time, you probably wouldn't be having any of these issues for at least another decade. You know who should have to foot the bill? The Rich Schlesinger, the guy who's the head of all that stuff in the Brewers. Hey, everybody. What are you doing? Take your packages coming on. Well, my office is cold. That's all I need. Yeah, true, advi- true advisor on Twitter. I still have a GM fridge in my garage, and it still works just fine. Let's go. GM? He says, says General Motors right on it. LOL. Yeah, that's why I'm like, <laughs> GM? <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, dude. And you got that. It's 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 the uh, the handle that's sideways that you got to click open. Yeah. Oh, it's that thick, thick, like white. You Saved know. Indiana Jones from a... I was literally bomb. just going to say that. <laughs> Yeah, because it survives nuclear bombs. Yeah. Indiana Jones jumped in one of the Crystal of the Lost Skulls, or the uh, Kingdom of the Lost Skulls. Yeah. Crystal Blew his ass out like everywhere, and he was still in it just fine. Yeah. And guess what? I bet you could plug it in and still work. I bet it did. Brewers. <laughs> but overall, for the relocation, for fans that are just sitting there wondering what's going to happen, I'm I'm not worried about it because I feel like this is the you know the biggest bluff ever just for them to get you know, more money money. 
And this is basically, like you said it, MLB wants it now. Yeah. The politicians and, and people in government are saying, let us figure it out. Oh, and they want it right now. Yeah. That That's what I think it is. I don't ultimately think they move, but I think Mark Ananasio is doing what he can going on these panels, looking into it in case it has to happen. Yeah, yeah. And Making it's going to be a little bit, yeah, a little bit more of a, of a sweat or a little bit more pressure being put on there. Overall, as somebody that has absolutely no control over it, Sometimes I sit there and I watch the Brewers play, <laughs> and I go, okay, maybe it's well, maybe it is time for them to move. And that was the series before to, the White Sox. Yeah, because I don't have to you know, put myself through some of these games where they just uh, find ways to lose. Now what he's talking about last week when he went to American Family Field. Better question is, how much would the Brewers owe for leaving their lease before 2038? I'm not sure. My question is: the Brewers leave? Do we do it like our our forefathers did when the Milwaukee Braves leave and say "f you, baseball, I'm done"? No, there's a lot of people who. Went I mean, they go to the Cubs or White Sox. I just I could back in the day the White Sox used to play some regular season games at County Stadium, yeah. so people became White Sox fans. Well, boys, I already told you I was going to be on the the Braves years ago. And uh, like they're gonna be ago. they're gonna be locked they're gonna be locked in pretty good until about twenty thirty. So. And hey, that's technically an offshoot of Milwaukee. Yeah, so. that's that's where yeah, the they, they did make a stop. The yeah. true Brewer franchise, well, I guess the Milwaukee franchise moved. Yeah, but yeah, but overall, it's the like Boston franchise. What are we? Us as fans, there's not a whole lot you can do, but no. I just I feel like it it is what it is. The only thing you can do is wait for these politicians to get something done, which if you leave in the end of politicians, it's going to have a bad time. But it, the only thing you can do is when these politicians get it done is bend over and give them more of your money. So say they do Let's move. Go to games. Say the, the yeah. Brewers do <laughs> move somewhere. Do. Yeah. they got to rebrand, right? It's, it's literally out of your hands besides someone sticking their hand in your pocket. I don't know. Like... Uh, do you go find another M city so you can keep in the MB logo? Because quite frankly, the Montreal Brewers. I mean, you could eat. Yeah, but that, but that'd be the Brewers de Montreal. I was thinking of the M's. How about yeah. how about, uh, <laughs> how about um, the Montgomery Brewers? Because the Brewers have you know Memphis Brewers. never won on the big stage. They've never hoisted a World Series. Maybe if they move out to like the West Coast and they're in some like hoity-toity. Um, new era hippie, hippie type hippie. area. Maybe Port- they could be. Are you the, thinking Portland? The <laughs> something micro brews because they always come oh. up short. Well, well, there's a lot I of micro say, brews in like. I will say, uh, oh, who is the AAA team? Not uh, no, not AAA. Somebody in the minor league system became the micro brews for a uh, for a uh, uh, offshoot day. Brewers will trump them. <laughs> you, you're you're in AAA, Double A, Single A. Wherever you're at, you've been relegated because we're a big league team. <laughs> we are the micro brews. Well, I know I'm saying it was like a my, Brewers minor league team oh. did the oh. rebrand oh, for like the a one day. shot. Yeah, oh, okay. was the most the most breweries per capita resides in Portland, Maine. There they go. The, the Portland, the, the, Maine the Portland brewers. micro brews. The Portland, Maine micro brews. Not Portland, Oregon. And you can have a lot of lobster rolls there. Good lobster rolls. Do you Man, think that Cubs good. fans yeah, would maybe. still say that uh, Brewer fans were a bunch of losers if technically the team moves across, we'll just say for this example, to Portland, and the Brewers went, we'll just for a rough estimate, 55 years without a World Series? 
Still yeah, doesn't. Still, they, they never had one, but still doesn't uh, equal the hundred plus years of Cubs losing. Well, also if you move the <laughs> if you move the Portland rowdy, I think the team haircut you have to have purple, green, or pink hair, and there's no security yeah, or ushers. It'll be the multi. The, it'll be the multicolored microbrews. Yeah, and there'll be just homeless people camped out everywhere. They'll call it the new Chaz Zone. I definitely couldn't cheer for that team. No. Line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hello. Patience. I, I guess they may, may were offended by uh, the. Sound, the uh, that doesn't even sound like a hangup. That just sounds like somebody's listening. Hey, you're welcome for that. Eighteen minutes of just pure unadulterated comedy and and uh, information. But yeah, so I mean, we'll get more into the story because there's more in the Milwaukee Journal uh, report over this. It's just. We heard it before. We kind of scoffed at it, like you know, Manford and Ananasi are just walking around. They're like, "Oh, this is, a, this is a great facility. This is a great facility." Oh, but keep in mind, you could move. Okay. And then what happens? Like two weeks later, Mark Ananasio's the front man of the board moving the Oakland Athletics for relocation. You're like, okay, this is a little interesting. And now there's a little more going on that the Brewers again are going to start looking for a new home this fall if idiot politicians fail to reach an agreement. And all politicians are idiots. Line one, good morning. Corey. Hey, hey Corey, what's up, brother? Probably hearing all the rain in the background. So. Yeah, it is that what that like is? It's pouring. Yeah, it's on the windshield. Coming at you at 79 miles an hour. Oh. Let's, let's take it to 80. Let's do it. Let's do, let's do a little life on the edge a little more. I don't want to get past everyone that's doing 65. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty standard with the Subaru Army all year. So, <laughs> article that was written on this evil because I kind of missed parts of this discussion. About the birds here moving. Well, uh, I'm sorry, you, you cut off for a second. What was the part about the article? Is, is there a particular article you're talking about here? Yeah, it's the Milwaukee. Five? It's the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Okay. I believe about twenty five percent of what they come up with out of that range. So, well, if, if Jeff Patrikas is 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 reporting on it, then you got to believe a little less. But yeah. Oh, then I put it down to like ten percent at most. Especially at most. if the Jim Leonard news, you know. <laughs> exactly. Was it? Is there like a kind of a list of cities, probably that you think that they would relocate to if they did relocate? Well, I think cities that have been mentioned. Obviously, if if Oakland goes to Vegas, there was Nashville. Uh, Portland, I believe, was on there. Uh, Mont- Not Portland, Maine. It- Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, North Carolina, and I think Montreal was still. There might be one more that I'm missing, but I think all of those Salt Lake were- City. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was Utah. Salt Lake City. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, good luck drinking there. Brewers going to, going to Salt Lake City. That would be like going from. They're definitely not the Brewers on. Ocean. That'd be like going from the ocean to the desert as far as. <laughs> Thinking, that's for sure. I ain't never even been there, but I just know. <laughs> well, like you said, Eve, they'll probably stick around for a while and they talk a lot from uh, but I don't really trust any politicians because, like, why would you actually want to go? No, world? never trust a politician. That's what I, I never trusted. My dad said that 30 years ago and he was right. So they'll thicker, make it look like they're doing some work, and then they'll come up with a deal that's really awful for all of us, but they'll sell it as being really awesome. Correct. And the Brewers are still around town. And they'll probably come out. When is their lease up at uh, Miller Park anyways? Is that like 2030 something? Is that 2038? 
Something like so that. So are they going to try to say that they want to get out before that then, likely, if they relocated? Is that kind of like the theory on that? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. And their AC units, they, they went cheap on that, huh? Eves, I didn't hear that part. What? What were they putting in there, like something from... No, it's just AC when they first installed the, uh, you know, when they built it. And now they're saying that their AC units are no longer, they don't make them anymore. So they're trying to find parts on secondary markets like eBay and stuff. And it will cost them, what do they say, it was like $500,000 a one unit to replace just one. So you're looking over like almost $2 million to replace them. I think that's, if I remember correctly. To call up some of those guys, some that got laid off, that got downsized when they were out, their job was outsourced, and see if they can fabricate them something that might help them out. They can say, "Oh, can't, sorry." As he said, "Oh, sorry, 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 can't do that for you." The so guys' weekend was pretty good. It's not like your wedding was fun. Yeah, dude, I'm, it was fun. I'm, my Spoiler, my worst of the weekend won't be my hangover. I was actually, I, I did really well. I snuck a lot of water in throughout the night. That's key. Gotta stay hydrated. My, I guess my uh, only, my only disappointment was there was no cha-cha slide for the, uh, in honor of the guy who died. You'll have that. Yeah. You'll have that. Yeah. Well, I'll let you guys get going because I'm running a lot of rain here. And I don't think I can. <laughs> you can't probably hear me too well over the rain. So. See you, Corey. I'll let you get going. Have a good Monday, buddy. Yeah, bye. Bye. Yeah, we'll get back. I mean, there's more uh, like nuances in the story that we'll get to. It's just if, right now I think it's a scare tactic from, you know, Major League Baseball. Yeah, I, I think that as well. Um, look, look, look what we're doing to the When Oakland you look Knicks. at the attendance, though, that Brewer fans and we'll just say people from Wisconsin go through the turnstiles, they buy the beer, they buy the hot dogs and the food and all the other beverages. I think about some of these other cities that, yeah, they might be bigger because Milwaukee's the smallest market in, in Major League Baseball. But I feel like they wouldn't have that same type of attendance and that same type uh, type of uh, spending when it comes to beverages and food. Yeah, like I feel like Milwaukee plays way above their heads when it comes to that side of things. Yeah, I mean we're loyal, we're loyal partiers. I, I can't see a yeah. lot of people in Portland being diehards. I can't see a lot of people in Salt Lake being diehards. I could see in Portland and like going to the stadium and I don't like looting it. Krebs also says though the Brewers aren't leaving. This story is fake news. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily fake news. I think it's, I think it's what a lot of politicians and people up in the higher powers do. They go to the news and like feed news uh, entities stories, and they try to get their side of things out there. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's all a it's all a hearts and minds battle. It's all a what can we get out there to sway people a certain direction? Mm-hmm. That's what this is. Is it kind of fake news? Do I think the Brewers are leaving? No, I don't. So in that sense, I do believe it's fake news. But I also think it's a way for them to push the they politicians. They want to get their narrative out there. They want to put yeah. their spin on it. They want to control the narrative. That's what. That's essentially what media is now. It doesn't. Media no longer reports news. It's what news they want to spin and skew their way to make their base act and do certain and say certain and follow in certain ways. That's that's what it is. And then Krebs also says, I could see Nashville's the only place that would be a threat for a move for the Milwaukee Brewers. I agree. I, Nashville would be a huge threat. I mean, 
Oh, Krebs said that was my fourth kid, two of each. All right, so you're already mad enough to have a son. That a boy. All right. I don't know, boys. Nashville, like the biggest threat for the Brewers. Nashville? Well, Nashville's becoming more like your... Yeah, all the stars are moving there, yeah, athletes. It's, yeah. it's almost like your secondary Vegas now. Yeah. Where it's it's now trendy to go to Nashville if you're 21 or your bachelorette or your bachelor party. Yeah. So I could see it, and I know, obviously, they have the, the team called the Nashville Sounds. They do? <laughs> Maybe they just replaced the Nashville, the Predators? Nashville Sounds with the Milwaukee Brewers, and then they uh, relegate the Nashville Sounds actually up to Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, Cor- <laughs> Our guy Corey Marshall just he says, Nashville is a transplant town. Oh, yeah, but Las Vegas. I mean, that's a transplant town. and a transplant town. Uh, well, there was talk uh, over the weekend of us wanting to get tickets to go see Packers Raiders. There was? Down at the uh, Black Hole they have now in Las Vegas. Nice. I don't know. Or possibly the Big Ten Chiefs. I mean, look at the, uh, look at the, um, the Las Vegas Knights. Yeah. Those well, guys that's are the thing. They're, they're playing off of their so there's, there's a contingent of fans that live in the Vegas area or that would live in the Nashville area, but then you have so much foot traffic with people that are looking for attractions or things to do. It'd be like, well, let's take in a baseball game today. Yeah. So like that's that's the other big yeah. You have unlimited people there at all like at all times. I guess maybe it dies down a little bit during the winter, but still you have unlimited people in Las Vegas. Like it's it's constant. Yeah. So you always and, and everyone's always wanting to do an attraction. And guess what's an attraction? A football game. A baseball game. Mm-hmm. A hockey game. Well the, I mean not sure, in Las not sure Vegas. about WNBA, but all the other ones. Was it twenty twenty one? Or I think it was 2021 in Las Vegas. It was right when it was like, uh, you know, the Raiders had just gotten there. And obviously COVID had shut down a lot of the casinos for like the past, we'll say, year or so. Where they were running all of the, the casinos there. We're running those things where it's like, hey, we'll give you Raider tickets. You'll have all this comped and that. But it was like, you come out here and it was like these can't miss deals that included Raider tickets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, cause that's, it's almost like, you know how, like when you would get a um, place in Las Vegas and they would comp you like insert Cirque de Olay tickets yeah. or yeah. that, that's yeah. what the Raider tickets became Yeah, yeah. because people want them because all of a sudden the Raiders are cool again. They're in Vegas. What do the Brewers comp you? Oh, I know, a $6 a voucher. A water. <laughs> because they've traded away Josh Hader and missed the playoffs. So we're sorry. Here's a voucher for $6. Get a water. See, on you, us. did you notice that it was $6 and it wasn't $8, so you, you couldn't get a beer with it? You had, you well, had to get a non-beer. Because the water's $4, right? Uh, you could get a beer. You just have to still pay. The water's, the water's slightly less than $6, correct? I I didn't go down my receipt when it had two hot dogs and a water for twenty one dollars. I'm ass, I'm assuming a water is I'll say assuming a water is less than six dollars. So they give you a six dollar voucher and you don't get cash back on your voucher. Nope. So you don't want to use that lose that two dollars or a dollar or whatever cents. Got to get something else. Then. So you got to get something else. Then that's how they get you. And they go, here's ah. a, here's this water we probably got for free from our supplier. Now buy this beer. There's two things at play here with Sean Clifford. Not what is what does Scott call him? Chad Clifton. <laughs> I think he just said Clifton. And I just ran with it. And Sean Clifford. I saw so Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. We love Grant. Also producers of the Bill Michaels Show. Grant is now uh, you know he resided in Madison, right? There's something about now Stone Cold Intern Austin when he is in here 
uh, and sits behind the the radio board, which I do. You know, I got a computer monitor in front of me, keyboard, all the buttons, uh, yada, 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 right? But for some reason, the early 20-year-olds, or I guess Austin in this case, 19, they never sign out of their social media accounts or emails or anything. They treat the studio like it's theirs and theirs alone and that no one else comes in here. They always move all my stuff around. I always grew up under the guise of leave things how you found it. You know, be respectful for a, a commonly shared space. Or already Grant Bills, I always sign out of his Twitter every day. I sign out of his Facebook. I don't look through his stuff. I just sign out of it. Uh, Grant Bills left up uh, a Google Doc. And this is a Google Doc that apparently he's been editing to start preparing for his show. Now, I'm not going to steal any of his thunder for the Wisco Sports Show earlier or later today, excuse me. But I did see this one snippet that was updated last night. And that coincides with, obviously, Sean Clifford's performance against the Cincinnati Bengals on Friday night. Here's the uh, the one snippet I'm going to borrow from Grant, who I wasn't looking through. It was just left up. And after I read it, I'm going to exit out of it. Rowdy, ready for this? Is it too early to say that the haters were wrong about Sean Clifford? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Clifford would be your backup quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love, we've been waiting years for him to uh, finally be the starter since Aaron Rodgers was, you know, out. Now he's with the Jets, obviously. And then when Sean Clifford was drafted, was that fifth round they drafted him? Fifth. We all thought to ourselves, what in the world is Brian Gutekunst doing drafting Sean Clifford? Because what was the comp for Sean, or what was Sean Clifford going to fall in said draft, Rowdy? Yeah, most public, out of the draft. Most publications had him as a preferred free agent signing, as in not being drafted. I think I found one publication that had him as like a seventh round flyer, but basically everyone had a consensus of he was a preferred free agent. So he would be a guy where maybe a few teams would get in a, a signing battle to have come into camp to work out a uh, good X's and O's guy has some talent, blah, blah, blah. But yes, Let most me ask likely you, you could have had it. Remember the Packers had a ton of seventh round picks. Yeah. You probably could have used one of those, and then you still wouldn't have had a preferred free agent battle with any other team. So let me ask you, Rowdy, as Grant Bills was probably going to pose earlier, or see, earlier, later today, is it too early to say that the haters were wrong about Sean Clifford? And now I'm going to exit out of his Google Doc. One, one of my things that I'm going to say is <laughs> I can't believe people are going to say all of a sudden after one preseason game that a fifth-round pick who maybe probably shouldn't have even been a draft pick, but we'll just say a fifth-round pick who played well in about two-and-a-half quarters, they're still saying the haters, could they be wrong? He threw two interceptions and had a pick six. Yeah, he did. Now, he did, he <laughs> like, did direct three touchdown yes, drives. Yes, but again... There is a pick six and another interception in there. So it's not like it was, hey, dude, dude commanded the team for six possessions and they scored four touchdowns and he looked flawless. <laughs> it was like, hey, yeah, there was some good moments and then there were some bad moments. And hey, keep in mind who Sean Clifford was playing against. 
Some dudes that won't even make an NFL roster. Yeah, he was playing against the two through fours. Now, he's on the roster, Clifford. He, they drafted him. They're not cutting him. Alex Magoo, I mean, he got in the game briefly, albeit, but he didn't do anything. Well, so, of course, I fired off a tweet, and it was after the pick six saying Sean Clifford, you know, picking up right where he left off at Penn State, guy that makes some really good plays where you're like, oh man, this guy's got something. And then the pick six happens. Yeah. And again, it's the big turnovers are not coming through when you really needed them. Watch their Ohio State games. Watch some of the close Penn State losses that always seem to happen. We watched the guy for six years. He was there forever. And then <laughs> Vagabond John. Oh, I saw uh, him. He's like, has to tweet at me. I saw and that. I saw that. He tweet. tweets at me, and and this is what Vagabond says. We love you, Vagabond. He goes, you. So basically, he goes, dude is kind of playing out of his mind. Keep in mind, C.J. Stroud was drafted top five. Okay, guys are going to struggle. I get it. Yeah. And when you're talking about quarterbacks, we know because we currently have one as the starter for the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love was seen as a guy that, just based on his college profile, especially his last year. It was more ceiling on why he was, you know, a late first, early second projection for a draft pick. Look at Will Levis. Like if we're ta- if we are talking college careers, I would take uh, Sean Clifford ahead of Will Levis. <laughs> but <laughs> clearly, it's because of ceiling and projection they believe Will Levis to be better. Yeah. Now, Vagabond John bringing in C.J. Stroud. That was one game in his very first NFL game. And it's not like Houston has a ton of talent. Like, at least with the Packers, we can say, well, you know, Christian Watson looks like he he could pop. Romeo Dobbs looks like he could pop. They spent two draft picks on top 100 tight ends, uh, top 100 pick tight ends that basically have to play, especially with Tyler Davis blowing his ACL and yeah. already being thin at, at tight end. And we've known that. Green Bay with Jones and Dylan and even Goodson and Patrick Taylor are just some of the guys Kylan Hill will throw in that mix over the past few years. They've had pretty solid running backs yeah. and solid offensive line. Like Houston is terrible. They stink. They're so, so bad. They, they're so bad. They cut Amari Rogers. Like think about CJ Stroud. Amari Rogers is so bad. He couldn't make I the forget who said this, but this actually could be true. It's like CJ Stroud was playing with more talent at Ohio state than he is with Houston. Now, Rowdy, are you giving credence to the, like the Terry, the King of the North, little calling to say Alabama will beat the like, the Browns? Not as a, an entire team, <laughs> but when you think about some skill positions, when you think about the wide receivers he was throwing to, Garrett Wilson, rookie of the year, obviously looking to make a huge jump with Aaron Rodgers this year out in New York. Yeah, clearly Marvin Harrison Jr. is pro- projected right now as potentially being the second overall pick as a wide receiver. Uh, we also can't forget that uh, Chris Alave was on that team. You had Smith and Jigba on that. Like those are those are all first round draft picks. Like like he played with four first round draft picks that he was throwing the football to. So granted, maybe are his numbers a little higher than they should be. Maybe who's even but catching the ball? The Texans. Nico Collins. Okay. But that's what I'm saying. It's like the guys that he was throwing to the last three seasons at Ohio State are all first round draft picks. Like they're damn good. Yeah. They're better than anything Houston has. And they could, they could have a good campaign their rookie year. So then I, um, I tweeted back at him. I go, he looks just like he did at Penn state. 
athletic with some real talent, but unfortunately also misses open throws and turns the ball over. So with those, and then his, this is his comeback. You could be describing just about any QB in the draft. I'm like, really? How about this? Our guy, J.A. Krebs, we love you, Krebs. And he says, Clifford, Sean Clifford, is the next Brett Favre. That was my first time watching him. He's fearless. Okay, here's the thing. You get all these crazy comps, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's a comp that you could find for Jordan Love being Patrick Mahomes. Because they both had big arms. They both are pretty athletic and elusive in the pocket, or at least they were coming out in college. And it's like, well, big arm, elusive in the pocket, decently athletic, can make all the throws on the football field. Well, that sounds like Patrick Mahomes. Uh Now, clearly you can have a lot of different guys that are going to have a lot of different careers that could have the same comp. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, like I feel like the comp... For anybody that is somewhat athletic with a huge arm that is not scared to try and fit it into tight spaces and would be considered a gunslinger could be Brett Favre. Like, let's think about some of the quarterbacks that would fit that mold of the quote-unquote gunslinger with somewhat athletic, big arm. Maybe the accuracy coming out of college wasn't what you'd want to see. But that profile, you could be talking about Josh Allen. Totally. You could be talking about Jay Cutler. Yeah. You could be talking about Sean Clifford. Yeah. (laughs) Those are three very different quarterbacks. Those are all different. A sliding scale. Allen at the top, Cuddy, you know, in the middle, and then Clifford all the way down. I'm sure if I dug hard enough, I could find a Brett Favre cop for all three of them. Don't they say Jordan Love's got a big arm? Does that mean he's a Brett Favre comp because he's got a big arm? But like what I'm get, what I'm getting at is anybody that would be considered a quote unquote gunslinger or a guy that has some arm talent that also makes questionable decisions could get a Brett Favre comp. The reason why Brett Favre was so good and you love him to the to the extent that you do is because he was the best talent at that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like okay, yeah, sure. Very poor man, homeless man on the street with a drug addiction, <laughs> Brett Favre. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh he's addicted to opioids. He wears <laughs> uh crappy crocs and he flashes his penis around. That's a comp of a homeless guy. He also man too. crapped himself today. Yeah, that's a comp of a homeless guy on the streets as well. So yeah. He's that version of Brett Favre. <laughs> and then I saw this. But they do have a couple traits. Now the, I'm gonna I don't need a whole segment on this. I just uh, I saw this and I rolled my eyes so hard. This is so this is so brainwashed and tranced some people are. I don't I've not heard a single person say this besides a person who drums it up in their head to think there's some white kind of savior and want to stir up controversy. Uh, th- tell me if you've seen this. Have you heard anyone out there say I think Sean Clifford should start over Jordan Love? No. I saw this from a Packers guy. Packers Twitter is so dumb sometimes and so just nauseating. Here's a tweet. If you think Sean Clifford should start over Jordan Love, you are either racist or stupid, but it's probably because you're racist. Nothing against Sean because he balled out, but this shouldn't even be a conversation. Literally no one is saying that. 
The only person saying this is a guy who wants to drum up clicks and get people to pay attention to them because he thinks he's some great white savior to go save everyone else from made-up problems. I haven't heard a single person say that. I've heard nobody say that anybody but Jordan Love should be start. Like, I I haven't heard anyone say any other person quarterback on the roster, whether that be Magoo or even Danny Etling that was cut, should be starting over Jordan Love. I saw that, and I'm like, this is the dumbest take probably of the week. I think the most I've heard pro pro a quarterback not named Jordan Love on the Packers roster was I think my Sean Clifford takeaways by most of the Packer Twitter population was wow, this guy played really well. I kind of want to see more. He looked good. He looked like maybe he could play in this league. And then the other take on the other quarterback, Alex Magoo, was I was hoping to see more of Magoo, not just hand the ball off. Yeah. Like that. And then that's all I've heard from the other two quarterbacks. Like no one, no one has said that Sean Clifford should start over Jordan Love. If and if you do, you're racist. What? If Sean Clifford started over Jordan Love. The Packers are in huge trouble. You know who the true racist is in that stuff, Rowdy? The people that make up scenarios like that to tell everyone else they're racist when they're the only ones that brought it up. Maybe go look in a mirror. (laughs) Such such a dumb take. Could you imagine sitting on a guy for three seasons that was a, again, projected late first, early second round pick with ceiling, ceiling that was obtainable to saying, actually, I think the guy we drafted this year that's been in camp for a month that was actually projected by most publications not to be drafted should be starting over. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, you're just racist. A nice little sweep over the weekend. Take that, Chicago White Sox. A battle of the Centrals. Now, the AL Central, more stinky than the NL Central, and the Brewers pounding on the Chicago White Sox. Well, let me rephrase that. Two come from behind victories in dramatic fashion, and then a win yesterday. How about the how about the Milwaukee Brewers, Rowdy? A little their sixth sweep of the season and three and a half up on the Cubs. Now it's got to feel good. Yeah, the Brewers they did exactly what they needed to do. Now, obviously, on the surface, you would think, oh, taking two out of three that would probably be good, especially against a lesser opponent like the White Sox. But the fact that they were able to go down to the south side and take all three, huge. Because the Reds, well, they aren't necessarily playing the best baseball here. They just lost to the Pirates. As of late. And, yeah, and then they obviously they had... Um, and fly some, the L, by the way, for the Cubs. They lost to the Blue Jays. They had some weather postponed games, so they had to play doubleheaders, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, overall, Reds haven't been playing very good baseball here the last couple of weeks. But you look at the Cubs, which the Cubs were the ones that were red hot you know, a week or two ago. Now, since they haven't been as hot, but they're still playing really good baseball, they took two out of three from Toronto, and Toronto's obviously a pretty good team that's in the thick of it in the AL and in that AL East, which every team in the AL East has a winning record. But um, the fact that they could go in, take three from Chicago, sweep Uh, the series, and uh. with Chicago, now the other Chicago, with the Cubs playing really good baseball, still gaining a game on them and obviously gaining uh, some ground on Cincinnati, that was huge because the next 15 days for the Milwaukee Brewers, it's against some really good teams. Yeah, it's over the Dodgers tomorrow. The Brewers have three in L.A. against the Dodgers. 
Then they have three in Texas against the Rangers, who are one of the better teams in the AL. And then once you finish up with the Texas Rangers, you come back home for probably your easiest series, a little two-game standalone with the Twins before you have the Padres in over the following weekend. And then you finish up the month of August playing the Chicago Cubs in Wrigley. Yeah, this is like this that's, is some nut cutting time. That's right a here. tough little two weekish stretch. It I mean, is. Dodgers are the best in the AL West. Texas is, or sorry, the NL West. Texas is the best in the AL West. Technically, Minnesota, though they're slightly above 500, are the best in the Central. And then you have the Padres, who are still fighting for a potential wild card berth. Remember, they didn't sell at the deadline. They actually added. Yeah. And then you have the Cubs who are breathing down your neck and have been playing good baseball. The next two-plus weeks are going to be pretty tough for the Brewers, so it's 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 a good thing that they could gain ground when they could Dude. because you might you might have to give some ground up here this next. Also, it, it was a little dicey Friday and Saturday, man. Both those games, the Brewers had to come from behind. Brewers are losing big on Friday. Well, and it, it goes back one further. How about them stealing the win on Wednesday against yeah, the Colorado Rockies? Rockies. Yeah. Like, it on was the a, walk uh, walk off error. You you win on Monday against the Rockies a week ago, and you just pummel them. And then game two, it looks like you're going to be able to win that late in the game until extras where neither reliever could throw a strike between <laughs> Chafin and Uribe. Yeah. You lose that game. You find a way to lose it. And then it looks like you're about to lose another tough game, about to lose two out of three to the Rockies. And then American family field that that would have just been a horrible taste in your mouth heading to Chicago, but they find a way to win that Wednesday day game Mm -hmm. and then sweep Chicago. And like you said, found ways to come back and win those first two, which you had to win those games, right? Look at on paper. You were heavy favorites. You had your ACE Corbin Burns. You had basically your second ACE and Brandon Woodruff back and both those guys. Well, I shouldn't say both Woodruff threw the ball really well. Corbin Burns had an off start, but they found a way to win. Burns, the five and two third innings, eight hits, five earned runs, five strikeouts. But just on paper, when you're playing the lowly Chicago White Sox with how poorly their season has went and you have your two essentially aces on the mound, you had to win those games. And then the fact that you weren't even seeing anyone for Chicago that was any good, like or a household name or someone that maybe had sniffed some all stars or whatever. Dylan sees through on Sunday. Yeah, we had Kopech went on Friday. And Kopech has been very He's up and down. He's, He's been more down than up, right? Yeah, and I mean, his career hasn't went necessarily like they thought it would on yeah, the south side ever John. since his Tommy John. He hasn't been the same pitcher, but he's he's been up and down, but he's been okay this year. But when it's when it's Burns versus Kopech, or if he even had to face Woody, like, advantage Brewers big time. Yeah, Dylan Cease isn't even Dylan Cease of the last couple of years where he was in the Cy Young race. Yeah, he's been at a down year, but just Chicago in general hasn't been very good. Mm-hmm. It, but the one place where the White Sox do win this year is at home. Well, the Brewers went and took all three of them. That's yeah, a, that's a that. big series. I feel like take that, take what that, would that, that series have looked like if they would have lost to Colorado on that Wednesday? Bad where, because the Brewers only be up half game? Yeah, well, well basic, not only that, but just the momentum in the clubhouse. It's like, okay, well, mm-hmm. we lost two straight games to the crappy Rockies at home. The Rockies can't hit outside of Coors Field because they have all the altitude help, but we found two ways to lose these games. Now we got to go in to Chicago. I, I would almost be willing to bet that if they would have lost that game on Wednesday 
to Colorado, they never would have found a way to win on Friday and Saturday. I could have just seen that just spiraling. Oh, spiraling. And here's the thing. We would have been, here's the Brewers again. Can't win a series against a crappy team. Well, they finally beat a crappy team as they, uh, you know, Brewers always play up and down to the level of competition. But now can they play up to their level of competition the next two weeks? You really hope so because, uh, you know, this is kind of it right now, dude. You know what I'm saying? This is uh, this is where you got to keep building a little ground so we can't sweat it out too much well, in the end of the season. Looking at the uh, series upcoming, you so L.A. to a point is kind of like Milwaukee, where when they hit the ball well, it's normally against righties. Lefties, they're actually, I think they're second. Last I looked the other day, they were still second to worst in Major League Baseball when it came to batting average against lefties. But... When the Dodgers hit the baseball, normally goes over the fence against lefties because they actually have a pretty high OPS. So they make it count when they do get hits against lefties, but they don't necessarily hit lefties for a high average. Brewers, the one thing they have in common with the Brewers is they don't hit lefties. The Brewers don't really make it count when they do. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, you have a tough matchup. I mean, game one, it's going to be Bobby Miller, who's it's in his first year of the big leagues, but he's thrown the ball really well for the Dodgers and they've yeah, going it. for the crew. Like last time I checked, they didn't name a starter. Adrian Hauser. Oh, Hauser is it? All right. So cool. I would, I would say that looking at stuff tomorrow, I would be willing to bet a lot of money that the Dodgers will be favored. Then you look at Wednesday, you have Wade Miley, who's been pretty darn good. My man, Wade. But you have Clayton Kershaw, who's making, I think, his second or third start off the I.L. Again, a lefty. So there'll be two lefties going at yeah, it. Yeah, Kershaw, last I checked, he's, uh, he's not bad. And then you have your finale will be Corbin Burns taking on Lance Lynn, who's making oh, his, Lance I think it'll be his third start since being acquired by the Dodgers. Oh, Lancey Lynn there. But yeah, that's, um, I almost feel like, you would hope to win game three on Thursday with your ace Burns going, especially after he didn't pitch well. You'd think he'd, um, you would think that he would get it dialed back in because outside of those first two starts, Corbin Burns really, when he does struggle, normally comes back and looks pretty good. Lance Lynn's been pretty hittable, though all of a sudden he throws on a Dodger Union hey. and he looks like uh, the Lance Lynn of old and has been pitching a lot better. But you Here's know which game idea. I think is going to be pivotal? I think it'll be game two. Because I think the Brewers win game three on Thursday. I think you would have to heavily favor the Dodgers tomorrow. Yeah. Because Bobby Miller has been really good, and the Brewers have never seen him before. And I think that that pivotal game, too, is going to be the two lefties where both teams struggle more against lefties. It's it's Miley versus Kershaw. Now, Rowdy, before I get into a a tweet that you had sent, I do believe it was Friday. Well, before that, though, I I did want to say this against the – Series that just happened, Milwaukee sweeping the uh, sweeping the White Sox the first time since 1986 when both played in the AL. And then Kinger here on Twitch has a good idea. Go to twitch.tv. Hit my name. Ebo says follow. You can see Rowdy and I how handsome we are. King says just have Brandon because the Brewers always struggle with the DH. Just have Brandon Woodruff DH against Kershaw. Isn't that just weird that for now your four seasons you can't find the, anybody. You had 2020, 2021. 22 and now 2023. It's the fourth season of having a universal DH, and it makes they, no sense. They still can't find one, and they got more. They brought in even more hitting coaches to try and figure it out, and that didn't even work. Oh, and I also want to mention with this three game series upcoming with the Dodgers Tuesday through Thursday, that is the last three late night games. Thank God. Nine ten first pitch every single game for the series. Now, 
Now, last week, Rowdy, because you you took Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off, RJ asked me, because he was wondering about your vacation days, RJ's like, how come Nelly didn't wait the following week to take Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off? Because that's when the Dodgers will host the Brewers. Well, Rowdy, what's happening? Yeah, I won't be here Tuesday through Thursday. <laughs> I'll also be He's off He's taking his vacation. Week. Rowdy's got some vacated days to burn. And then I got some more for next week. Yeah, so get ready. Rowdy's just, you know, He's put going in the hyperbaric chamber, ready to get ready for football season. All right, so yeah, tonight uh, no Brewers, and then it goes off. Did that late feel games nice though? Because remember how it always seems like that it's like the worst time ever, where they'll sporadically put in like the the nine ten West Coast starts. Why can't they be weekend games? Well. Lucky for us, we got all of our all of our late night West Coast stuff. Where the, I mean, they were out with the against the Padres. I think there was uh, was it Colorado and San Francisco. They got that all out of the way like by the first week of May. And we appreciate that. We we like them. And then that. it was just that one long standing series with the Dodgers coming up in mid August, and we finally. By the way, we finally arrived. It's mid-August. We have arrived, folks. Um, I believe... We are through the looking glass now. I believe one of the first college football games is the... Is it the 26th? Because remember, it's week zero. Oh, yeah. We, wow. It was week zero. Was, was that when Northwestern beat Nebraska and Ireland? Or was that... Yep. That was week zero, right? Yep, that was uh, Northwestern's only win, and it was not in America. Yeah, Northwestern won one game last year, and they won zero games in the United States of America. We need a, a, a question answered here on Twitch. Our guy Mike in Portage says, Rowdy, since you're taking uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off, will we get another picture from the bathtub this week? It might be a different reason. If the Brewers start getting housed, and it's like they get swept by the Dodgers, and maybe they're on... You need a nice. You need an ice bath to cool yeah, off. Yeah, maybe they're on on pace to potentially be swept by Texas, and it's like a Sunday. You ever Saturday night, Sunday morning? Maybe I'd, I'd have to get in the hot tub. You ever? Uh, well, I thought maybe be an ice bath so you can cool off when the Brewers started getting housed. You know, if, if worst case scenario happens. You ever done one of those ice baths? Uh, no, never did the the um, what are those called? The cold chambers where you like you oh, sit the, there, the it's almost like a, cold yeah, chamber, it's yeah. like a shower, but it just gets really cold and like your head's above it. I haven't done that. I've, I've never done that. I've never done a ice. When I was in um, Tulum uh, down in Mexico, it's very hippy dippy down there, which uh, listen, I, I do a lot of that stuff. But they had uh, like soundscapes or like where you'd sit in a room and they do all these like weird sound, like hippies would like blow smoke around and do these like sound orbs and crap. But they also had these ice baths. So did an ice bath. It's very exhilarating. I'll tell you that. I take a lot of cold showers, like as in ones that are be yeah. like my hands and my. I, yes. I'll take occasional showers that are so cold I'll start to get a brain freeze from being under it. Yeah. But at the same time, I can't do that in the winter. No. Oh God, that's I. Do, I can no. do that spring, summer, and into fall. But we'll just say, let's just say for a, a fun cutoff, once November rolls around, I gotta take hot showers. Oh yeah, totally. No, I'm a hot shower kind of guy. I've I've been trying to do ice baths just to you know see just to see what it does. I did read an article. Well, it was a video I watched actually. So doing cocaine, it hits your dopamine like two and a half percent, but a cocaine high like they said lasts like nine minutes, and then you're chasing that rush again. If you do a ice bath. 
It also makes your dopamine shoot up by a two and a half like blow does. But here's the thing. It's not a, it's not habit forming and addicting. And the dopamine rush lasts a lot longer and it's good for you. So kids don't do drugs. Do ice baths. Oh, by the way, I found it here. The very first game week zero, it's going to be Saturday, August 26th. It's going to be on NBC and it's going to be Navy traveling to South Bend to take on Notre Dame. So that is your very first college football game what's the of the spread season. On that? Notre Dame by 20. <laughs> Navy get ready to get trucked. But yeah, that is the first college football game on that week zero, Saturday, August 26th. So not this upcoming weekend, but the following weekend you will have college football. That's and we're less than three weeks away from Badger football, baby. Uh, G Dub has a question, Rowdy. Back to the uh, the picture you posted last week during your uh, vacation of the soak you were doing. It was Rowdy. What was up with that chest hair? It's like you have a chest hair sundress. I think he's saying that lays. You know, you know, Joe Dirt. They're like, you mean to tell me girls are all white trashy like that for his sideburns? He had that perfect like ring. That's what a man looks like. <laughs> Hey, G-Dub, there you go. You should, that's what a man looks like. And Rowdy showed you how to be a man last time we were up there for Greg and yeah, Palooza. Don't make me take the shirt off and show you again. <laughs> Almost like you're my son. <laughs> He's going to treat you like the, the redheaded stepchild. Gonna, all right, one more, one more for Greg. Hi, who's that? Slide two. Hello. All right, now I need confidence here. What, what do you want now? Oh, I got up on Wicked Witch West Center. Okay, I, I won't be anymore this week. Goodbye. What was that? Our bet of the week. Charlie calls in again sometime mean, this week. You mean bet of the day? <laughs> bet of the next half hour? Bet of the century. Charlie calls no. in. But to G-Dub's point about the tub, that was a hot tub as you know, as hot as you can get it. And then uh, you take the cold shower. Then you really get that blood pumping. Now we have this coming. King says Nelson should get his chest waxed. G-Dub says live on radio for charity. Nope. Well, here's the thing about charity and rowdy. That ain't happening.